0: But your eyes tell you it's true. Set. I'll turn up
1: the sound so you can hear the monsters dueling to the deck. Hello and welcome to episode 178 of the Kaiju Cast, a podcast 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. This is the first episode of July 2016 and tonight we are talking about a brand new Godzilla series from IDW Publishing an anthology series entitled Godzilla Rage Across Time. My name is Kyle and joining me for this episode are the creators of issue 1 of that series. And if you've been reading IDW's Godzilla comics, you'll know his work, and if you've been listening to the Kaijucast for a while, you'll know his voice. Matt Frank, please say hello to the listeners. Hello listeners, it's good to be back. It's been a while actually. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a while since we've connected like this over Skype, thanks to the internet, but we were on that panel together last year, Then that was our our live episode from G-Fest. Are you looking forward to G-Fest, man? I
0: super am. I I look forward to G-Fest every year. I've been desperately trying to uh, get certain people who may or may not be on this podcast to (coughs) (coughs) Um, (laughs) G-Fest, but... Yeah, I I'm I'm uh, I'm really excited. I always look forward to G Fest. Of course, now we're a couple weeks out, and now is the time for crunch time and to get everything done. (laughs) Yeah,
1: all of the things, all of the things. And then,
0: of course, immediately after G Fest, I have my trip to Tokyo, which I also have to prep for. So that's fun. That'll be a
1: fun time. (laughs) More more of all the things. Uh, You may have heard, listeners. You may have heard uh, some. Rumblings in the background there that were not Matt's voice. The next <laughs> voice you'll hear is actually new to the show, but his influence on contemporary kaiju in the uh especially literary sense will be evident shortly. He has written Project Nemesis. Please welcome to the Kaiju Cast for his first ever appearance, author Jeremy Robinson. Hey Jeremy.
2: Greetings, humans. I feel like there should be like canned clapping.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we don't have that. A, yeah. <laughs> Ah, ah, that totally works. That sounds super <laughs> real. Hey, welcome to the Kaiju Cast, and uh, welcome back, Matt. And I, I'm really looking forward to learning more about what you guys have been working on recently. But before we get started with that, Jeremy, I uh, I am unfortunately not a, a big reader, and I, I have not had the time to pick up Project Nemesis, but I have had so many people talk to me about that book and tell me, that they are enjoying it so please tell us anything at all about project nemesis
2: <laughs> well the basic premise is that uh there is a, a little girl who is murdered and uh, oh, an ancient oh, yeah always always a good way to start a book um and a ancient kaiju a goddess of vengeance uh and so a mad scientisty type of people take the the dna from the ancient uh dead kaiju And the DNA of the murdered little girl and try and, you know, kind of splice them together to get like a a super organ donor, Um, which they do. But they don't expect the uh, the kaiju DNA to kind of take over and uh, grow this thing really big and out of control. They do get the heart out, though. Somebody did not see that coming. I'm shocked.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think Godzilla versus Biollante exists in this universe.
2: (laughs) So that's what kicks it all off and yeah. then it just in the first book the creature grows out of control and it's it's more like a the old Godzilla where it's just the monster and the people there's no other monsters to fight.
1: And then this is not just one single book, right? Nemesis is was the beginning um, of something. Right, it
2: became Nemesis did um better than I was expecting, so I decided to write a sequel and that did better than I was expecting. Um so I have published four books in the series. And the fifth and final book um, is going to come out in October. And I just finished writing it last week.
1: Dude, well, congratulations for getting, like, accolades. I mean, it's especially, I'm guessing you're really hitting it hard with, like, fans, right?
2: Yeah, it's been, it's really surprising. Like, I'm known for writing monster fiction. That's what I do. But I had never really tried a kaiju book before Nemesis. Um, So I wasn't sure what to expect. But people got behind it really big.
1: So, I mean... I know there's a very high possibility that you the answer to this question might be because kaiju are in right now. But like, what was it that drew you to the kaiju genre to make you want to write a novel?
2: When I first wrote or decided to write the novel, um, it was even before Pacific Rim came out. So we weren't really in the kaiju renaissance that we're having right now at Excellent. the time. Um, for me, I've always liked Godzilla. I grew up on Godzilla watching Creature Double Feature on WLVI channel 56 in Boston. Um Woo-hoo! so every every Saturday uh, I watched Godzilla. Um and that was kind of like uh you know my childhood formation, my imagination, and it always stuck with me. Um so I've watched, you know, Godzilla all the time, all my life. And uh I I had never really thought of writing a kaiju book, probably because there haven't really been many. I think there were four. Godzilla books in the nineties. Oh yeah, um, right.
1: Yeah, around ninety eight or something. Yeah, yeah and yeah, the from, fifth yeah. fifth
2: one never got published. Um, I don't think they did great, obviously, because the fifth book never got published. It was finished but never published.
0: I think that might have been more to do with uh, with copyright and uh, oh okay, just and stuff like that. But as I I remember those books, those are the Mark Saracini books uh, through Random House.
2: Yeah, so there wasn't, there wasn't really anything in terms of kaiju fiction. So it was kind of uncharted territory, especially original kaiju fiction. You know, obviously Godzilla novels are based on the movies and all the other stuff that's come out before the 90s. So it was really kind of testing the waters with Nemesis, and uh, it kind of took off. And now I've, I've done the four Nemesis books. I just released a, a new kaiju standalone novel called Apocalypse Machine. And in about a month I kick off a new series called Unity, which is kind of like uh Robotech meets Red Dawn. So it's like the if if the teenagers behind enemy lines uh instead of AK forty sevens they had giant robots and the Russians were kaiju.
1: Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'm in the uh I'm definitely in that camp with the Red Dawn nostalgia factor too. Yeah. Right on. So, uh, well, tell me a little bit about how you guys started working together because I know uh, that Matt has been working on the Project Nemesis comic.
2: Yep, and before that, he did uh, the designs for all the characters. Uh, so his art is all the way back in Nemesis book number one.
1: Oh, very cool. I did not know that. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's that's something that um, I've always I've always really liked. That I've always kind of had this up and up until it started. You know, I mean. It, I would say that Nemesis got pretty big right off the bat, but I've always kind of had Nemesis in my back pocket, so to speak. And it was just, it was almost like a nice break once a year er, whenever, um, Jeremy came knocking and he would say, cause originally he contacted me and said, uh, Hey, you know, I'm Jeremy Robinson. And I'm a writer here. Here's a bunch of my books. Uh, I'm trying to do a kaiju book and stuff. And, and I was already very, uh, Taken with his writing style because he sent me a couple of books and the first book of his that I read was Chronos, mm-hmm. which is about um, it's about this kind of a sea monster. It's a sea monster story. It kind of has a bit of a how do I describe it? Sort of a sort of a Captain Ahab meets James Bond meets uh, Meg. You know the giant megalodon novels from the late nineties. It, it kind of has flavors of all that, but it was just and I just remember reading it. I remember reading it on the plane, heading out to Dragon Con in Atlanta and then spending any time I wasn't at Dragon Con while in Atlanta working on the design for Nemesis because my imagination just got fired up. And I remembered uh, actually bouncing the initial Nemesis designs off of my friend Jared Faust. And he said, that looks too much like an Ultraman monster. And I'm like, all right, how about this? (laughs) No, that one, that one sucks too. How about this? (laughs) Uh, That one's better. (laughs) So Jared also has really high standards. Um, (laughs) But yeah, we kind of did that for a while. And um, uh, I I had been doing the designs for the monsters in the various novels. And then uh, the opportunity to do a comic rolled around. And I mean, we can go into the comic now or we can build up to it. I don't know how you want (laughs) to
1: do that, Kyle. No, we could talk about the comic now. I think this is a perfect time to talk about the comic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wait, you're talking about the Nemesis comic, right?
0: Yeah, specifically that's like. Yeah, yeah. Um. So what happened with that was, uh, so it was it was sort of an interesting uh crossing of the stream, so to speak, where, (laughs) (laughs) where, uh, so Jeremy had been wanting to do a comic with me for a while, like you know, be it be it product Nemesis or we kicked around a couple other ideas, but Nemesis was kind of the one that you know I think he wanted to do. speaking for him at this point. Um, You're right. And, yeah. And at the same time, the good folks over at Famous Monsters of Filmland were trying to launch a comic book label and called American Gothic Press. And they had been hounding me to do a kind of a monster-style, Godzilla-style comic for a while. I kept having to fend both of them off, though, because I was working on Godzilla Rulers of Earth at the time.
1: Oh, right, yeah. That's a pretty big commitment, too. Yeah,
2: yeah. Mm. Yeah.
0: That that was, and I guess I was just, it was that sort of balancing act where you, you're you trying to make everybody happy, trying to placate everybody, but you're also like, yeah, but buzz off, I'm doing Godzilla. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can imagine somebody
1: asking you, like, what are you doing turning down famous monsters of film land? <laughs> the only appropriate answer is, I'm working on a licensed Godzilla thing. <laughs> right, yeah, I've been doing Godzilla
0: comics for the last five years, you, you go with the rest of them. Um, but no, it, so but I still I knew that rulers wasn't going to last forever. And when rulers wrapped up, I leaned over to Jeremy on one side of the table saying, hey, Jeremy, uh, you want to <laughs> do that comic thing? And then I leaned over to American Gothic and said, hey, how much you paying per page? Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, yeah, that just all kind of came together pretty well, because I knew that famous monsters had actually um, had promoted. Uh, product nemesis in its magazine before, so they were aware of the property and then all kind of came together from there.
1: Fantastic. How was working with Famous Monsters for the both of you? Um, it's been really interesting. Uh, I have, uh, you
2: know, written, I don't know, 55 novels or something like that, but I had <laughs> never, I had never written a, uh, Comic book script. Um, and I've written a lot of screenplays too. Uh, so I had all this writing experience, but no experience writing a comic book. Uh, so for me, it's been really a, a learning experience. Uh, and it's obviously been helpful. I think I did a good job, um, based on the Thank Nemesis <laughs> books and, and, uh, how the, the, the newest project has worked out with Godzilla. We can get to that later, but, um, yeah, so it's, it's really been, interesting to see just how everything works and how Matt's art uh, translates what I write and uh, how I can you know take a, a novel and condense it uh, in some ways I had to con- you know some of it had to be trimmed but then some of it I had to say okay I don't have to write this because Matt's going to draw it um, yeah. so it's just really cool to see how you know uh, a 90,000 word novel gets turned into a six issue comic book.
1: Yeah. How did he do on all the details that were in your mind that didn't make it out to the page? Like the 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 grain of the wood on the wall. You know? <laughs> for the most part, Matt, because Matt has been
2: designing the monster for so long, um, there wasn't really anything I had to describe about Nemesis at all. I just had to say it was Nemesis. I guess that would be like saying Captain America. You know, we all know what that looks like. Uh, <laughs> So for Matt, that wasn't hard. I think there were a few, a few parts where I specifically identify parts of the world Matt had never been to. So we were able to find photos online that helped him out. And I was able to send him photos that I had actually taken because a lot of the locations are real and, uh, are in, in areas where I actually grew up as a kid. Oh, cool. The uh, so nemesis is, is kind of my childhood fantasies. Turned into a novel. So I, I I featured my childhood neighborhood in a lot of the book.
0: Yeah, that that part was really interesting because I, I hadn't I haven't really been to the East Coast very much. And it's it's there's a real uh, tangible quality to it uh, that is so different because I've lived in Texas my whole life. And um, there's there it's really there's, there's little things you kind of have to keep track of. Like, I remember at one point I thought, oh, it's the East Coast, right? So pine trees everywhere, right? Just constant <laughs> pine trees. And, um, uh, and thankfully Jeremy was able to, uh, curtail some of that and say like, no, oh, no, 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 no. In this area, it's a little more deciduous, a little less piney. Or, um, I remember when, um, I remember when we were doing the crow's nest, which is the base of operations for all of our main characters. I'm trying to think of how I was supposed to describe this. I did it completely wrong <laughs> at first. And, yeah, that was.
2: Um, they were you had uh, almost like little skyscrapers. In yeah, where yeah. they were supposed to, it was all just because kind of like hilly and like very old New England homes
0: right uh, I get I guess I was supposed to I thought that it was supposed to be a little more built up right and um and but you were like no 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 no, like built up in this other area so that's just an example of kind of the collaboration that goes into it
1: yeah, it sounds like you guys work really well together.
0: Jeremy is one of the easiest clients I've ever had in my life <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember I made some pretty drastic suggestions to the first issue, and he was uh very happy to do to integrate them uh you know as so long as they actually worked for the book that was the important thing
2: yeah I, i've actually made it a goal to be the easiest person to work with with everyone that i work with um <laughs> it started out with editors but you know it it makes sense to to be like that i guess is you know if you if you make the people you work with happy they'll want to work with you some more
0: yeah i mean i just remember uh my motto i i i personally adopted a motto myself that just reminded me from uh haro nakajima which is um If I can appear invincible, I can be indispensable. So that's why I was able to, um, garner, uh, personally garner any goodwill myself from anybody was by not complaining and, (laughs) uh, working all night. So, (laughs) um, but yeah, uh, that's, that's definitely true for Jeremy. He, um, uh, I just, uh, you know, I'll make a suggestion for something that he's maybe never thought of or, uh, just some little twist on something. Um, I remember, uh, it was actually kind of a goof when I, 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 I first colored Nemesis for the first time. Like I, I colored her, um, black and gray with this little tinge of, uh, bonish, like bony tan yellow on her spikes. And it came back to Jeremy and he said, Oh, well, she's supposed to be all black, <laughs> like just completely black, but. Uh, and then, so then I countered with, well, this kind of makes her pop a little more and it kind of allows for there to be this artsy fartsy, uh, 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 color theory, artsy fartsy.
1: (laughs) So anyway, (laughs) he was accommodating with that. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody loves that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sorry. I totally got mentally sidetracked there by the artsy fartsy stuff. That's fine. That's fine. No, I just, uh,
0: you know, it's just when you, you know, you, you do have to have, in my experience, having open communication is really good. And ultimately it's whatever is best for the product, you know, yes. like it's whatever's best for the story. It's whatever looks the best. And it doesn't really matter who suggests it or how it comes up, you know?
2: Right. And if, if someone like Matt has a suggestion about art, uh, why would I argue with him? Right, you know the, <laughs> yeah, that's just. Right. I mean, I went. I went to art school. I do book covers, but I'm not the comic book artist. I'm not the creature designer. Um, so obviously, Matt's the best person to listen to. <laughs> well,
0: uh, some people will tell you otherwise, but that's fine. <laughs> between um, the two of us, between the two of us, yeah. I mean, I suppose. but but at the same time, you know, I want to make sure that it it does it looks good as objectively as possible. So Jeremy suggested on occasion, like, well, you know, this could look this way or this could look that way. And I'm happy to take that advice.
1: So have you guys worked together on more? I know we're going to talk about Godzilla in just a little bit. You know, I'm just going to keep teasing the listeners with that one. But the, uh, <laughs> our, our audience is like, <laughs> get to Godzilla already. And, and I'm like, no, uh, this is my show. And I want to ask a little bit more about some of the books and the collaborations that you guys may or may not have worked on. So, Jeremy, you've written all these other non-Nemesis books. Unless Nemesis appears in all of them. Like I said, I haven't read them. So have you guys worked together on any of the kaiju designs for the other books? Or have you worked with anybody other than Matt that you've also enjoyed working with for giant monster designs?
2: Not for giant monster designs. I've had a few artists uh, do creature designs for um, my novel, The Last Hunter, which is a fantasy and has... I mean, it has some very large creatures, like 150 feet tall. Um, but it's not really a kaiju novel. It's not really about that. And I've worked with a lot of cover designers who've done photo shoots and stuff like that, uh, for really cool covers. But for Matt's design, so we did, uh, he did a design for, uh, Apocalypse Machine, which you can see on the cover of that novel. And it's kind of this really big, almost insect-like kaiju. But the, the goal of that was to make a kaiju that was bigger than anything that had appeared in kaiju fiction or storytelling in general, uh, before. Uh, so it was interesting to see all the different kinds of ways that we had to like build this creature that looks like it could support its own weight.
1: Oh, right. Yeah.
0: That was sort of a funny example of sometimes when things don't go exactly how you plan because <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny how many of our projects wind up, uh, with me working on them in Atlanta. Um, <laughs> cause, uh, you know, cause I got a lot of friends in Atlanta and I go there a lot for conventions and stuff. So I was there. I don't even remember what event I was there for. It was last year. So it would have been, it would have been dragon con again.
1: Oh geez. So you're in a cycle, Matt. I can tell you leave G fest. <laughs> you talk to Jeremy and then you go to, you go to dragon con and you work on his stuff. Exactly. So <laughs> that's usually how things go, but, um, I was working on the
0: sketch for apocalypse machine, but I was also like neck deep in in a couple other things. And then I think uh, the deadline for apocalypse machine for getting the, the character design to Jeremy was sneaking up on me. And I was like, Oh geez. But I was at my friend uh, Jay's house in, in Atlanta and we were all just kind of hanging out one evening. And I think we were watching King Kong escapes or something because of course we were. And (laughs) Uh, and so then I said, "Oh crap! Uh, I need to go uh, finish this sketch." So I was going to scan it because because Jay is an artist and he's actually a very good artist and he has a whole setup. He has a scanner, he has a computer, he's got a tablet, and I was like, "Okay, I can scan this and ink it digitally and send it off to Jeremy." Bada bing, bada boom. But uh, then I found out that uh, Jay doesn't use Photoshop the same way I do, and he didn't have the right brush that I needed. <laughs> <laughs> so i i'm in a blind panic and i i know i have to get this thing to him so uh, i i scan it and i just take the sketch this this loosey sketch that i did and just try to clean it up as best i can just try to spruce it up and make it make it as nice as i can and fired it off over to jeremy and when he integrated it into the cover i actually think that the rough pencilish quality actually makes it yeah cooler makes it a little rougher on the edges i love how the cover came out
2: and it fit with the city below which was also kind of rough
0: yeah so it's funny how sometimes things work out
2: (laughs) yeah and apocalypse machine again was i had no idea what people how people would react to that because it was it's a kaiju novel but it's also a very very different kaiju novel from nemesis it's nothing like nemesis um and it's been my best-selling novel since nemesis um so it's really cool that people really are getting behind the kaiju novels.
1: That is really cool. I mean, I think are, now are there a lot more, I'm sorry for sounding like completely ignorant on this <laughs> subject, but like, are there, are you the only guy tackling the kaiju novels or are there are um, a bunch of people who are also trying their hand at this?
2: When I published Nemesis, I kind of coined the term kaiju thriller. Mm-hmm. So instead of a thriller, it's just a kaiju thriller. And I put that on the book and I put it on the the next few books um, and now when you search for kaiju thrillers on Amazon, there's a bunch. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's been cool to see the, the creation of this literary subgenre. Um, and you could just sit there and the say, coattails,
1: coattails. You guys are riding on my coattails. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: some of them are obviously Godzilla fan fiction right. that people have just switched out the names. Hmm. Um, and, and they're not great uh with not great covers but there are some that are actually really good too so it's it's fun to see the creation and the growth of this new subgenre.
0: yeah i mean it's sort of like with um uh what was that was it kaiju rising age of the monsters there was that big anthology that came out yep. uh, a couple of years ago
2: yeah i did the uh i did the intro for that
0: oh you did you oh that's right you did i did a um and I did, I actually forgot that I did an illustration
2: that's in there. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's easy to forget this stuff. Some,
0: yeah, uh, that's something that Jeremy and I talk about sometimes, how uh, we, when you have this kind of output, you tend to forget the stuff that you've done yourself. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> that, that, I wrote the foreword for that. And in the audiobook, it the foreword is read, I don't remember the actor's name, but it's Belki Bartakamoose. From really?
0: Yeah. Awesome. So, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's cool. Uh
2: so yeah, he read that and I I haven't even heard it yet, but I'm just thrilled that Balky read it.
1: Nice. Hey. <laughs> so let's uh let's go ahead and stomp on over to the Land of the Rising Sun and talk about Godzilla and talk about specifically how you guys started working together on this new series or at least the, f- the first issue of this new series, Godzilla Rage Across Time
2: with nemesis uh coming to a close i had been talking to matt about uh pitching potential godzilla ideas and we ran through a couple of them that we never tried uh and then we came up with the idea of doing you know godzilla like a five book uh story arc of godzilla in feudal japan um and we were about to send that over to idw as a pitch and i think that's when uh, did you did you tell them we have this feudal Japan idea and they were like, oh, well that fits in perfectly with this Godzilla uh, in time.
0: Yeah, yeah, it sort of worked out that way. It, it's really funny because for a while there, I was like certain that IEW is going to have no interest in this. <laughs> certain is a heart is is a little strong. I <laughs> it's just it's just when you work in comics and you're trying to work in licensed comics. It's so hard to get stuff off the ground cuz I've made 3 or 4 pitches for Godzilla series that I've just gotten. They actually they've even been they've even been proposed by my editor and they'll just get shot down. Cuz when you're making a pitch for a licensed property, most licensed properties don't take unsolicited pitches. They generally will kind of the editors or the people in the managers whoever's in charge of that part of the license They'll kind of come up with a general concept and then grab a creative team, put something together. That's not how it always happens, but that's sometimes, that's how it's been happening for Godzilla for a while.
1: Yeah, and, and with IDW, I'm guessing it's Bobby or one of those Yeah, guys. Bobby Kernow
0: is our editor yeah. over there. So, so he's and, um, he's
1: acting as your sounding board and also your mouthpiece so that you do have a voice with with toho which is pretty awesome dude that is pretty awesome you gotta (laughs) you gotta admit that
0: yeah yeah Yeah. that's that's true and you know bobby's great bobby's one of the hardest working editors i've ever i've ever uh dealt with and he's been my main editor the main guy i've worked with for um i've been working on these godzilla comics for six years what am i doing with my life um (laughs) i'm just kidding um yeah, I love it, and I don't think I would ever stop. But I, after Rulers and after Godzilla in Hell, I was thinking to myself, I'd like to get back in the game, or at least keep my ear to the ground. But it was it, it again. It's just so difficult because you know it was Jeb Zarno, Chris Mowry and I did uh, Rulers of Earth for you know a solid two years, and in in a in a comic book perspective or from a publisher's perspective, their, their attitude would be, okay, that's enough, Matt Frank, um, <laughs> because you know, they want to, they want to switch things up and keep it fresh, but I still wanted to, I still had Bobby's ear and I was still able to send stuff over. So I was actually in the middle of trying to pitch something else and, uh, and Bobby was sort of, eh, that's, you know, that's, that's all right, you know? And I thought, oh, okay, well, by the way. I've got this thing from this guy Jeremy Robinson, because it's sort of one of those things where you want to be casual about it and but you don't want to be too casual about it. Right. You have
1: to hit the right level of cash. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so I so I said, can I and I loved the Godzilla in the Sengoku Jidai in the Warring States period. Uh, I I just loved that idea so much, and I thought, well, I have to at least suggest this, even if we don't have much of a shot. So I sent it over and, yeah, Bobby said, uh, hey, yeah, we're actually doing this sort of time hopping Godzilla miniseries or release pitching it. Uh, Go ahead and send over the pitch. And that was when I messaged Jeremy and said, Jeremy, Jeremy, (laughs) (laughs) we got 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 him! Go, 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 go.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So that's when I had to take our five issue
1: story and cram it into one.
0: Yeah, that was a bummer.
1: (laughs) Hey, hey, this is a this is a joke for Matt. Hey, did you get advice from Chris Maori on how he dealt with that in Rollers of Earth? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I mean, uh, no, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that I know sucks done, that right. I totally understand you have to like chop out so much from yeah. your five issues, right?
0: I-, I actually think we managed to keep quite a bit.
1: Yeah, we did. Awesome. Yeah.
0: But like it's just you don't get the same kind of pacing and you don't get to draw stuff out the way you'd want to. But I mean, I'm in the middle of wrapping it up. Right now, on my end, I have pages 17 and 18 in front of me, and they are almost totally inked. Um And I'm I i I'm loving it. I'm having a lot of fun with it, Um, especially because partway through the process, or when we were pitching it, Jeremy made the suggestion that we have an alternate cover done in the old woodblock ukiyo-e style.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, for those listening... Uh, if you know the Great Wave by Hokusai, it's this, it's this, it's this print of a wave cresting with a boat, and I think Mount Fuji's in the background. Yeah,
1: every everybody should know that, especially yeah. people listening to this podcast, because there have been uh, approximately one billion pieces of clothing that have Godzilla <laughs> inserted into or redrawn <clears throat> into that wave.
0: Yeah, in fact, they just launched a whole uh, uh, line of products in Japan with that artwork, I'd, like Godzilla yeah. and the Wave or whatever.
1: I'd be lying if I didn't have a whole bunch of those bookmarked on my <laughs> – if yeah, I said I didn't I, have those bookmarked, yeah.
0: I am so going to buy every single one of those things, much, much to my wife's chagrin once we get to Tokyo. Oh, but, yeah, um, yeah.
1: Anyway, back on and, the book. You wanted and, to do something Hokusai-related.
0: <laughs> right. Sorry. Thank you. Yeah. Um the uh, so so jeremy suggested we have that for an alternate cover and then i thought to myself why don't i just do the whole book like that <laughs> so that's what i've been doing well yeah. if
1: if people haven't been if they're not following you on facebook and i uh, don't know what other social media you're posting them on because i just that's see them on facebook but like but uh you know i've seen little snippets of matt's drawings for these and he's really expanding his style and using more japanese traditional rendering styles for his uh, specifically his special effects, like water explosions, wind, yeah. et cetera, like that, uh, which I have a huge, huge love for. So as first time I saw one of the pieces, I think Maori showed it to me. I was like, oh, so good, <laughs> so good. So, uh, yes, a story where Godzilla is set in feudal era Japan. Who doesn't want that? Because it sounds amazing and I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm not going to try and build it up too much, <laughs> but it's just bound to be the best thing ever.
2: Yes, <laughs> I, I agree. And it's a complete story too. My goal for, in terms of writing, uh, was to tell a complete Godzilla story in a single issue. So there actually is characters we care about. There's a story arc for the characters. It's not just kind of like Godzilla is thrown into feudal Japan and then just gets in a big fight. Yeah, uh, So it's... It's a really complete story, and I'm I'm pretty excited about how it's coming out in pretty much every way.
1: So they did this before with Legends, where they it was an anthology series. Yeah, and in a sense, I mean, I kind yeah, I guess I would feel the same way about Hell Godzilla and Hell. But uh, is this going to have the same thing that I've experienced in Legends, where I'm going to read this issue and then I'm going to be upset that the next issue isn't going to be set in feudal era japan <laughs> i think you're going to well, be upset that they didn't go for the five issues yeah. both of us. <laughs> i'm already yeah. a little upset about that
2: <laughs> but we haven't i mean we haven't seen the second issue so there's no way for us to judge right right you know what yeah. what becoming uh there there are characters uh that do bridge the whole thing um i don't know how much i can say about that but there are characters who bridge uh all the issues
1: okay yeah or we've heard, heard it here first folks yeah. i think <laughs> maybe <laughs>
0: <laughs> i mean that's the thing is like i really want to tell people like who godzilla fights and the issue and stuff but oh man i just kind of love that nobody has any idea like what's gonna go down because there are no other monsters on either of the covers yeah and uh. Especially, I mean, and and Bob, of course, Bob Eggleton did that alternate cover with um, really specifically referencing the Hooks Eye Wave and it just came out fantastic. I mean, but yeah, I think what we can say is that, yes, Godzilla is going to be fighting other monsters. He will fight monsters. He will fight classic monsters. There are a few classics that are going to show up and at least one that he's never fought before.
1: I'm just gonna spoil it for everybody right now. It's it's bacon or bagan, bagan, bacon, bacon, bacon. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, that's a joke. That's not real. I I'm not for the listeners. That was not the truth. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> well, I still
0: I I bless bless the fans' hearts. I still get messages uh, through my Tumblr or whatever uh, email asking. When is Godzilla gonna fight Bagan in an i e w book and and it's 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 not gonna happen guys I'm sorry <laughs> I don't even
1: think uh, yeah. that
0: we have those rights yeah you know?
1: I think that's oh. I think that's definitely the case i think toho Toho has their hands on whatever rights they have for that character, and because they like haven't done anything with it, I don't think we're ever gonna see it.
0: It's because, it's because this character was built up so much in the old, uh, uh, Super Nintendo Godzilla game. And it was like this, it, it was this big elusive thing that keeps popping up in these unmade projects. So, of course, all these fans have built it up in their heads as, oh, this must be the greatest Godzilla nemesis to ever exist. And, no matter what they what they do, it's not going to be your expectation, guys. I'm
1: sorry. <laughs> I heard that Bagan is going to pop out of Shin Godzilla's tail. Uh, of kidding. course, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> All yeah. right. So anyway, back back to it. Uh, it's, so the so the comic comes out this summer. Yes. And you're almost done with it now. Uh, are you guys were like? Do you guys have anything? Have you guys set your sights on anything immediately after? issue one of Godzilla rage across time
2: in terms of comic books. mm, I'm currently working on a comic book adaptation of Island 731. It's my novel. And Jeff Zorno is actually doing uh, six issues of that. Um, But for me and Matt, we haven't actually talked about anything yet.
0: Yeah. We've been so focused on just getting this thing done. And I mean, this comic has been my focus for the last two or three months. So, you know, I, I think it'd be it's an idea worth kicking around. You know, we we've we've sort of ventured thoughts about, well, what uh, what could we maybe do after? Uh, I've just for me, my list of priorities go in chronological order, which is Rage Across Time, G-Fest, Tokyo, <laughs> then immediately coming back home and having to prep for Power Morphicon, the big power rangers convention <laughs> in Pasadena And then
1: the three or
0: four other conventions that I have to
1: do (laughs) before the end of the year. (laughs) Matt, I I love how you're always like, I've got to slow down on my conventions. And then you tell me all the (laughs) things you're doing. And I'm like, that doesn't sound like he's slowing down.
0: (laughs) Hey, Kaiju Kaiju
1: toys don't pay for themselves, okay? (laughs) Dude, I know that very well. (laughs) So, Jeremy, why aren't you going to be at (laughs) G-Fest? I have three kids. And I publish nine books a year. Yeah. Okay, so that's a pretty good excuse. Although I'm going to counter Kia with G-Fest is great for kids.
2: That's true. Um,
1: it, it It's
2: likely that I will go next year when Godzilla is out and hopefully some more kaiju projects.
0: I mean, I've been telling Jeremy if he comes to G-Fest, sets up a table, even for just a day, you know, he'll be swamped. People will be thrilled.
1: I I always have a blast at G-Fest, and I'm always there for, for friends and for – I mean, I do promote the podcast there, but G-Fest is just a lot of fun to be around an entire convention with like-minded people. Right. It's a good time. Yeah.
2: I actually it's it's not like anything I have against G Fest. It's just that I don't go to any conventions. Where Matt is doing all the conventions, I'm doing none of them unless except for like the one right down the street. A free
1: comic book day oh yeah that's uh <laughs> yeah. those are the ones that i would do if i was asked to do a convention but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh anyway so i'm not gonna guilt trip you into going to g-fest jeremy uh i just uh i think it would be cool to meet you and if if you ever do decide to go to g-fest i will absolutely come up and we can hang out and talk a little bit more about what your projects are do we want to cover anything else about the comic
0: I mean, uh, the thing that I knew I wanted to make mention of is just I'm I'm really I really want to encourage our our listeners to go to their local comic shop and put in a pre order for it or or at least make sure that it'll it'll be pulled for you when it comes out is I don't think we have a specific release date yet. I know it's going to be August, but uh, yeah, you know, it's just, you know, Jeremy and I are really excited for it and. I I would love to do another like full cuz if Jeremy and I got to do like our own Godzilla mini series together that would be awesome.
2: Yes. And if if you one sells like crazy, they can't deny us.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. right. Uh yeah, so get out there listeners get go buy. it's uh, I think the manufacturer code or whatever the diamond code is for that is M F S T F S F J. So I'm sure you all wrote that down just hit that like (laughs) button that skips back 15 seconds to write that down. But seriously, go to your local comic book shops and pre-order all of the Godzilla stuff, but especially issue one of Godzilla Rage Across Time. Uh, Matt Frank, always a pleasure, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it. It It's good good to be back even for just a little bit. And uh, Jeremy, it is a pleasure to meet you online like this. And like I said earlier, I hope to see you someday in person. And I look forward to hopefully catching up with what Nemesis is doing and uh, how he's or how she is raging across the world. I think that's going to do it. Thank you guys so much.
2: Thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Kyle. Always good to talk to you. Big thanks to Matt and Jeremy for connecting and talking to me about Rage Across Time and Project Nemesis and all sorts of other awesome things that they're working on together. If you are interested in checking out Rage Across Time or any of those other releases, make sure you check the link in the show notes to their work. Now, one more thing before we take off. This week, G-Fest is rapidly approaching, and we have some really cool things going on. The Kaiju Cast has been involved with G-Fest for quite some time. I've been going every year since uh, pretty much the start of the podcast with, I think, maybe one year break. I don't keep track of those things in my brain, obviously. But I just wanted to let you know that from noon to 5 p.m., At Artist Alley on Friday, I'm going to be at the Kadoja table. Since Keith Foster won't be able to be there, he's graciously allowed me to uh, take over his table and sell KaijuCast stuff for that first day. So if you're interested in picking up some prints or whatever, I will be there all day. A captive audience in me, I guess you could say. So anyway, if you've seen the prints that I've worked on, like the Godzilla heads or actual KaijuCast prints, I'll have some of each there. Come find me at Artist Alley. On Saturday, we have the Listener Party, which is sponsored by Spooky Pinball LLC. Now, Charlie and I have been talking about this Listener Party for a little while, and uh, we're debuting some new KaijuCast work shirts. We did a limited run of these, so we don't have a lot available for sale at the Listener Party, but there might be a couple of extra. If you see the ones we're wearing and you're really like, holy crap, those are awesome. Make sure you come talk to us. There might be a mailing list for ordering more in the future. I'm just not sure how that's going to go. It's a pretty amazing thing, and big thanks to Charlie for that. Also, big thanks to Charlie for sponsoring the listener party. He's going to be bringing some beer and some snacks for everybody. We're going to do this at the patio, which is the outside area at G-Fest, right at that Crown Plaza Hotel in Rosemont, Illinois. And that starts at 8 p.m. We're going to have some giveaways, I think. So uh, bring your game. I will just go ahead and say there might be some trivia-related things. There might be some impression-related things. And, uh, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. I think we're going to have some little prize packs to give away right there to anybody that wants to play in any of the games. Last but not least would be Sunday, and there are two things happening on Sunday from 2 to 3 p.m. Godzilla Masterpiece Theater will include myself and Keith Foster and David Eric Dobko doing a comedic i said dramatic before but this is more of a comedic read of two godzilla comics i think it's going to be a lot of fun and you should definitely come check it out additionally at 4 p.m is the live kaiju cast transmission that's called regional kaijuology and we'll have the uh, creative team from Gotochi kaiju there and again i'm going to learn how to say that correctly at g-fest So that pretty much does it. Thank you so much for checking this out. And uh, hopefully I'll see you at G-Fest. If not, we'll see you for the next episode. If you found the KaijuCast through iTunes or some other podcast directory, make sure you point your web browser to KaijuCast.com where you can see everything that we are about, uh, including the full list of every episode we've done, the upcoming Dai Kaiju discussions. If you'd like to turn in your homework for this month's movie, which is actually Troll Hunter, make sure you send that in before July 22nd to be included in the next discussion episode. Uh, We also have links to our Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, YouTube, you know, all of the social networking sites. The links are right there on the side of the page there. And one last shout out and thanks go to Jeremy Robinson and Matt Frank for joining me on this episode. I actually asked Matt after the episode if he wanted me to play anything in particular. He chose the main titles to Yamato Takeru so we're going to close the show out with that. Hopefully I'll see you in Chicago in just a few days, guys. Jamata.